Hi everybody, this is uh, Jim Barton and I'm here with Abigail Conley for another episode of Bloody Mary Bible Brunch. Today we are going to start off by talking about the divinity of Christ and how the Bible has some conflicts on when that started and all that business. So to start with, I'm going to ask Abby to give us the, what's the right answer? What's the church view right now? So the official, if you want to be a nice, orthodox, little O Christian, is that Christ was fully human and fully divine from the very time he was born. Um, In fact, because Jesus is a member of the Trinity and God does not change, Jesus had to exist prior to his birth. And so that person, the Trinity, the second person, the Trinity, was even a participant in creation. And so later would become flesh, um, fully human and fully divine, not like two pieces nailed together, like two pieces of wood nailed together, but inseparable from each other, fully each of the other thing. And we were talking before the recording that that really became an issue in the church Um, in the third and fourth centuries when sort of medieval Christianity was very concerned about whether Christ was of one nature or two um, was Christ fully one or fully the other and 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 frankly there was a lot of concern about the material things were made up of honestly if you look into it that's where we get um, views around communion right that are really concerned with like what happens to the wafer does it right and once Christianity became legal under Constantine then there's a whole other buy-in to it and a whole other level of figuring out exactly what is going on. So I think then I feel compelled to ask a question about why does it matter to us now? Because a lot of this sort of, you know, I'm not worried about how to change uh, iron into gold and I'm not worried about a lot of stuff that they would eventually become really concerned about in the Middle Ages of Christianity. And we sort of said... The one of the issues there is that if Christ is not divine, then Christians are essentially secular humanists that have chosen Christ to be their leader, and that doesn't sit well with us. Right. It doesn't sit well with us because we don't like the way it sounds, but also it's contrary to our experience, right? I mean, I think as Christians, we profess and we, you know, Abby and I both sitting here at this table have felt the presence of Christ. We felt God move in our lives. Through Christ, and so the question becomes then, okay, what do we mean by that, right? Right. And particularly, I think, as we're sitting here as progressive Christians, we're also not the people who are the very invested in born-again Christianity and the experience that is so transformative that it's a break from everything you were before. Because that is a particular iteration of Christianity. Um, I think for us, sitting here, who would say, both of us baptized as old children or young adults, kind of depending on how you frame that, would still say that is in continuity with our lives before, not a distinct break from our lives before. Right. So that's important to note, that even when we say experience of the divine, we don't mean this radical transformation that often become the stories of Christianity. Right, right. Um, So it's good for us to look, I think, to scripture to answer questions that the scripture was answering about the divinity of Christ. And basically we value the experience of the early church authors, right? Right. So what was the concern of the early Christians? One concern I think is when did Christ become divine? 
Right. And so this is where all of the, it develops, all of the theology, Christology particularly develops about when Jesus was divine. Was it at the moment of birth? Because Matthew tells us a cosmically announced birth story for a reason, that this is changing everything. Um, and Luke has a birth story too. Right. Luke's is much less of cosmic importance than Matthew's. Right. And then, you know, each of the Gospels tells us that at Jesus' baptism, the heavens open up and proclaim, this is my son with whom I am well pleased. And so that becomes the point of people who say Jesus wasn't born divine but became divine. That becomes the point at which, well, clearly God is adopting Jesus as God's son. And then we have the real Wayback Machine we get to with John. Right. Because John says that the Word was with God and the Word was God. I mean, the co-creator in the beginning, there right. was all of this. Right. And it is notable when we talk about that, that John is writing the closest to the later Christians, the Christians that we're talking about in the 3rd and 4th centuries, who will create the Council of Nicaea from which we get the Nicene Creed. Um, who are wrestling with what makes it in the Apostles' Creed. And so there's a reason that John puts that back even farther, as well as writes some more of the hefty theology that still informs um, practices of the church today. And if we were in a more liturgical tradition, we would hear lots and lots more John in our um, Eucharistic prayers. And I think we get... It's also interesting to me that Mark is the first gospel written. And Mark seems to have put the divinity at baptism, perhaps. I mean, that's the he doesn't give us a birth story, right? And then we get to the next, the other later synoptics move it to birth, right? And then John, and then John it moves it back to the beginning of time, right. and so that's just interesting to me. Just as like you sort of the farther you get away, I want to throw out another option, which I think is maybe not super biblical, but is the idea that there that Jesus, the divinity of Christ is realized in the post-Easter Jesus. And this is, we talk about owning our heresies, this is, this is a, like, um, suggesting that Christ became divine at the resurrection. And the reason where I, you know, where I, what I find interesting about this and where I look at this is all, so many resurrection stories where people don't recognize Jesus. Mary doesn't recognize Jesus. The guys on the road to Emmaus don't recognize Jesus, right? And Emmaus, they don't, Jesus isn't made, they don't notice him until the communion. Well, it's not, it's a meal. Right. And so, to me, that creates something very interesting, which is the idea that Jesus became divine at resurrection, whatever resurrection is. Right. Um, I think it is worth noting, too, that even with that understanding that Part of what we have to talk about with Jesus is divine is that in Matthew's gospel, when Jesus finally dies, the curtain between the Holy of Holies and the rest of the temple was ripped into. The dead come out of their graves. This this continues this whole narrative that, no, no, there is something major happening in this moment that has to do with God. Yeah. And so when you get to resurrection and those things, that, that is becoming their experience. That all of a sudden there are these amazing things happening that have to do with God. Right. There's no way except that. And one of the things that, um, you know, as we consider divinity for ourselves is important. It is talking about those, that post-resurrection Jesus, who is not a ghost. He can Correct. move through walls, he can do those things, but you can touch him. You can put your hands in the wounds he on eats his fish. wrist. Yeah, he eats fish, like all of mm -hmm. those things. 
Um, he is presumably more, not less, and definitely not losing any of his bodily um, presence in the world. And that loops us now to back go before Mark. So Mark is the first gospel, but Paul is writing before Mark, or yeah, I think before Mark. Paul's yeah. letters are before Mark. Paul seems to be worried about Christ's humanity, that Christ is not just a ghost, like you said. Right? Because I think Paul is dealing with some proto-Gnosticism at the beginning, right? The idea. And so for Paul, it's very important, it seems, to note that Christ was physical, that there was a physical Christ, and that Christ was the Son of God. Right. And part of this is also Paul's conversion story. Paul's conversion story is not an experience of Jesus. It's an experience of the risen Christ. Right. And those are two very different things. He wasn't one of the ones hanging out and talking with Jesus. And so for him to still get the term apostle that usually refers to people with the first-hand experience of Jesus and later only the 12, that is because the church understood him as having a direct experience of the risen Christ. Um, on the road to Damascus when the heavens break open and Jesus calls out to him and so um, and so that is very much both his testimony as well as no no this guy is something more I knew the human Jesus I persecuted him right and the Jesus who I tried to believe was dead called out to me from heaven and we were talking before about how there is some real value today about rejecting the sort of mind-body dualism and sort of saying that, no, Jesus was the body of Christ as well as the heart and soul of Christ. Right. Um, And I think that's because especially we live in a world that doesn't know, we live in a faith, I should say, that doesn't know what to do with the body. The world is a little too obsessed with the body. <laughs> right. Culturally, you know, it's like, let's make you thinner, let's make you healthier, let's make you live forever because death, because death is the worst thing that can happen. If you think death is the worst thing that could happen to a person, you're an idiot. Yeah. But there's a whole medical establishment right. geared toward this belief. Yeah. And so... You know, faith becomes spiritualized. Well, this is about my inner life and all of those things. And it's like, no, what you do with your body matters. Who you are as a body matters. Um, And I think, you know, the unhealthy relationships become really apparent with the church's discussions or lack of about sex. What does the body mean? Is the body for procreation only on one end? Only for marriage? Right. What does it look like outside of those things? Because there's a pretty wide spectrum um, where the church is just silent. Yeah. And I think that's a, and I think that's a decent place to stop because I think it sort of shows where these lead to other things. The divinity of Christ is not just a theology exam answer. Right. It's it's an understanding of our relationship of, with Christ and why you know how it's important, how it affects our world. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think that was a good discussion for that. Um, um, Thanks for listening. Until next time, cheers.